And so you buy it and you like it and you talk about it all the time and you try to um, influence people to buy it or rent it. And then when it comes to where it's not renting anymore, you're like, oh, but, but hold on. Like we could rent that somehow. Or what if we added it to a package? Or what if we like, let's keep it. I like it too much. I'm only saying this because it's happened. <laughs> so you get into this mindset of it. It's going to be awesome. I promise. Let's keep it a little bit longer. And it still doesn't rent. And you say, wait, but it's still just a little bit more time. Hmm. Sometimes you just need to pull the plug. Yeah. And I'm talking to myself here too. Sometimes you just need to pull the plug. Just need and to just say, sell it. sorry. Yep. So do an Instagram sale. Facebook market. Facebook marketplace. Hi there. You're listening to The Render Podcast, a business podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, and I'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business. I've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes we've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. All right, welcome to another episode of The Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and I'm excited to be in another episode with you. This episode is super special because we are answering some questions that we've heard come in over the last couple weeks when it comes to Rental Biz Academy. And so I'm here with Kaylee on my team. We are going to be talking about just some questions. So here we go. Kaylee, will you introduce yourself before we get started so people know who you are? Absolutely. Hello. I am Kaylee Goodall. I am the Chief Creative Officer here at Beautiful Event Rentals, and I will be the voice asking the questions. So, you ready? Awesome. I'm ready. Here All we right. go. Perfect. Okay. The first question Where are the best places or sites to get your rental items wholesale? Ooh, good question. We get this all the time. We actually give you the resource guide. I will put the show notes, a link for that in the show notes. Um, and so we will give you all of that for free. There's, I think it's a two page list or maybe three page list. And we have wholesale and retail and kicker. Some retail places will give you a discount, which is kind of like wholesale. Um, but we've taken years to put this thing together and lots of places that maybe we wouldn't buy again from. And so you're getting our list of everywhere where we currently buy from and some that we used to buy from as well. So you'll get that free download in the show notes. Go check it out and it'll be on the blog. Awesome. Okay. Next question. How do you price your rentals? Okay. Love it as well. Um, this is probably the most popular question out of everything that we've ever gotten since we've been in business. Um, I actually teach five strategies to this. So the very first one is going to be a three to five rule. It means you need to buy your inventory and have the mindset that you need to pay that off three to five times before you start making a profit. So you take a thousand dollar couch, you divide it by three, you need to rent that out for 333 to be completely exact before you start making a profit three times. So that's the first strategy. We also have other strategies such as um, test your market, make sure other people like it, um, and a few other ones. So we just taught a free class. You can still get, no, you can't. Edit that out. I wasn't even paying attention to what you say. <laughs> a free class. We can't. Oh, okay. It'll yeah. be plus mm -hmm. free class. So those are two of the options that we have. Um, outside of that, we've got all of it in that Rental Biz Academy, and I can't wait to see in course. Okay, here's an interesting question. How much did you initially invest into your company? 
So this might surprise some people because I think the mantra is that you need a lot of money to invest into a rental company. And that's not true. I invested my very first set of inventory under $10,000, which might seem like a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, $10,000 isn't that much. You can just save up for that. And so the very first amount that I, I invested it was about $10,000. Then with that money, I would keep renting those and keep reinvesting that money back into the business to buy more items to bring me in more. So you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to start this business. Of course, you can if you've got the money and you want to start this. However, you can start with just under $10,000. I'm sure our listeners will be really glad to hear that because I think a lot of times people think that you have to have so much money to start a rental company and that's just not true. Yeah, totally. Um, we actually got, I think we put a survey out if I made had put a survey out and they, I think one of the questions on there was what would you be able to invest into rentals? Like if you were to start right now, how much would you invest? And it was like, I don't know if it seems like it's so much, or they'd say hundreds of thousands. And it's like, it's not necessarily true. You can do it with $500 if you want to go buy out some $500 worth of stuff, rent it out and then make more on that. And reinvest that back in. Yeah, you could just rent out like styling pieces or vases if you're a florist or cake tools. Why not? I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, next question. What are the best things to have in stock? Mm, Okay, so our type of rentals might be different than your type of rentals if you're listening to this. So I'm going to talk from our perspective. We do lounge furniture and backdrops. So if I were to start my company all over again and didn't have anything which would be a tragedy. But if I were to start over again, I would say go buy two sofas, four different chairs, two or three different rugs, a few different styles of pillows, a um, couple side tables, a couple coffee tables, and then do a ton of styled shoots to show those in different ways. Um, if you do tableware, I would maybe go buy like two or three different options of tableware and buy a bigger quantity of those and then eventually buy more options. Um, If you do children's birthday parties or like right now, it's really popular to do drive-by parties. um, I'd go buy like two or three sets of different drive-by parties or children's props and then rent those out and then keep keep renting that and bring the profit back in. So I'd start super small. Because the goal, if you want to get to a large profit, is to keep your expenses small. And so keep those expenses small. Don't go out and just buy a whole ton of stuff and get yourself into debt with a risk that it might not happen. So start small. Doesn't matter what you do. Just buy a few pieces. That's what I would do. Before our next question, can you elaborate on drive-by parties so that our listeners know exactly what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. So drive-by parties, a good friend of mine, Macy, who bought Rental Biz Academy. I don't know if you're listening, but hi, Macy. Um, She does this like a queen. She has like these massive birthday candles. Um, She has like some signs. She has um, some sculptures and things. So things that are like themed around a birthday party and that are large and you put them in your yard. And so a drive-by party is where you call your friends and your family and they show up and you say, hey, um, you know, 12 o'clock on Friday, we're celebrating my daughter's birthday, come drive by and you might have some, you know, fun birthday stuff that you wouldn't normally have in your yard. 
we did this for my brother's girlfriend, Hallie, and she was turning 18 and it was at the very beginning of quarantine and she was really sad that she couldn't celebrate with her friends and family. And so we coordinated a drive-by party and it was just so fun. I actually, well, this is fun. I put the song, um, I think it's by Taylor Swift or Katy Perry. It's like, it's my birthday or something. I can't remember the song. I'll have to look it up. Hmm. Um, but it, I think it's Katy Perry, actually. She has this song. It's like about your birthday party and we blasted it in my car. That's fun. <laughs> as we drove by. That's so fun. So that's what a drive-by party is. Yeah. Look up Social Llama Rentals. Yes. Shout out Macy. If you want to see what we're talking about, because yeah. they are awesome. They're I love what cool. she's doing. <laughs> and she's like two streets away. From yeah, it. she's the best. Okay, next question. What items do people tend to rent the most? Mm, depends on your market, first of all, and what types of events you do. So if you do weddings, that's a totally different ball game than corporate or social parties or drive-by parties. And so actually in module one of the course, I'm actually going to teach you how to find your niche and how to figure out what are you, one, passionate about, and two, really want to do for a long time, not just for right now. And so it depends on your market. So let's take weddings, for example. Uh, what do people tend to rent the most? Um, I would say head table decor, head tables, um, chairs and tables, obviously, but sometimes they'll go to like a bigger box place to get those. Um, I would say lounges are pretty popular. Ceremony, arbors or arches or huppas, those are really popular. Um, cocktail tables. That, I would say that's like a good amount of wedding. For corporate, they're going to really want something different. And here's a kicker, they want brandable stuff. So if you can create a product that they can brand with their logo or their uh, client's logo, that is pure gold. So like we have a acrylic bar. So you could use that for a check-in and you could put check-in on there in their branding or you could put their logo or they could, you could put whatever. So brandable things for corporate is like money makers for sure. And then social, like the drive-by parties we talked about candles or um, like she had a big birthday hat in the front yard. So lots of fun things. Um, but I do teach you exactly how to figure out what your niche is, what you like. Cool. Next question. Where did you store your inventory when you started? Mm, I'm actually going to put out a podcast episode. Actually, I would have already put a podcast episode. <laughs> okay. I love this question. I actually just put out a podcast. That happens more than you know. I just actually put out a podcast episode on Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Friday. Um, and I told you my entire story. And so I encourage you to go back and listen to that. But to answer the question, I started out of my garage, like literally my two car garage in Phoenix, Arizona in 2012. I then moved to Dallas in 2017 and found out I was being a single mom. So I lived with my mom and dad for a little bit and I took over their garage and they weren't very happy about it. So then I got storage units. I was in storage units for, gosh, probably two to three, maybe even four years. I'd have to go back and count. I don't know off the top of my head, but I was in storage units. I started with one 10 by 30, and then I got another 10 by 30, and then I got another 10 by 30. And then by the time that I was spending um, there and how much money I was spending in storage units, it was the same cost for me to go get a warehouse. And so I got a thousand square foot warehouse. And at first I walked in and was like, this is so much space. 
Like, this is incredible. I'm going to have so much space. And then I got everything in there. I didn't have enough space. So then we typical. bought it. <laughs> typical. <laughs> this is true. Um, then we got, we bought out another rental company. And so I had five more storage units plus my 1,000 square foot storage unit or warehouse. And we did that for, were you here when we did storage units? No. Oh, you came with the two, two warehouses. Right. Right after you got the yeah. two warehouses. Because I'm just thinking about the logistics of all oh, of that. It was a nightmare because the storage units closed at 9 p.m. <laughs> every day of the week. No. 9 p.m. So if you're in the wedding industry, you know that weddings end after 9 p.m., which means you're getting back probably around midnight or 1. Oh, my god! So that didn't work. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Nightmare. So we'd have to schedule our crews to come in and do the pickup. And then we have to schedule crews to come in the next day or at some point to unload it. And back then, I had high school guys who worked for me. I didn't even have, like, a staff. I was, I was still solopreneur at that point. So I'd have to work with them on the weekends. Oh, it was a mess. For all of you listening (laughs) that think that we have it all figured out, just remember there was a start to all of this. There was a start. We were right there with you. Yeah, it was scrappy. If you were late, please let us know because (laughs) and send us a picture of what you're currently hosting out of. We would really love to see that. And And we'll try to find find in the archives a photo of that. I'm sure somewhere on one of my phones I've had something. You have that somewhere. Well, so then we were in storage units and we bought out another rental company. And we were like, well, we either get five more storage units or we get another warehouse. And so we were locked into a lease. So we ended up getting a 3,000 square foot warehouse that we shared with a furniture repair company, which actually came in pretty handy. It was awesome. I say. <laughs> when something broke, we were like, hey, Sherry, can you come help us out? Yeah. Key here is to know your neighbors because yes. they can probably help you. Because there was also an upholstery company yeah, who was like two doors down, yeah. which we just had a circle. It was great. And there was the truck place right behind yep. us. So if our trucks or our trailers, I remember this was before I had any employees. I remember I was loading up by myself. I don't know. I used to be very strong back then. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I was loading up by myself. It was like, I don't know, 6 a.m. or something. And they used to get in early. I don't know if you remember that. They would yeah. get in there early. Mm-hmm. And the white trailer, we don't have the white trailer anymore. We sold it. It's actually in our parking, <laughs> parking lot right now. <laughs> another story. Another story for another time. Um, but the the trailer cap like that goes over the wheels, it had come loose and it was like broken for some reason. And I was like, I got to get to where I'm going. And so I asked our truck guys, I was like, I need some help. I need to go. But my trailer thing and I don't know anything about trucks this. and trailers. And so they came and they fixed it right up for me. So know your neighbors. Moral of the story. Know know your neighbors. neighbors. So that's where we started. Now we are in uh, almost downtown Dallas. We're in the design district of Dallas. And we have a 7,200 square foot warehouse, which is pretty big, but probably not big enough. At some point, we're going to probably grow out of that. Uh, But that's kind of long answer, very long answer to where we started. Hey there, friend. I just wanted to hop on real quick and let you know that the Rental Biz Academy is still open. We're in the midst of answering some of the questions that we've gotten along the way, and we hope that this has been helpful so far. 
The Rental Biz Academy is now on sale for an even deeper discount of $69 per month uh, for a series of months. And guess what? You get all of the course material as soon as you make that first payment. It's only for a limited time. So if you're listening to this on the day that it airs, then you get access to that. However, it's going to be only on sale for a couple days, y'all. So jump on board. We already have over 120 students signed up to take the Rental Biz Academy. And included in that is a Facebook group. And I've already had so many students already engaged in it. And they are loving, loving, loving the course. So friend, I want you in there as well. I know that when I started my rental company, man, I wish I had that because I would have missed all the mistakes and failures I made along the way. So I hope to see you in the Rental Biz Academy. I'm going to link to it in the show notes and I hope you join us there. What if somebody doesn't have the ability to have a storage unit or they're not ready to scale to a warehouse and what if they live in an apartment? Mm, Good question. (laughs) We got this question on one of the classes and if you know me or if you've followed me for a while, I'm a very visionary. I will think outside the box until I come up with an answer. And so I told her, I said, if you live in an apartment, you probably have garage spaces that you can rent for probably 50 to $75 a, a month. Well, depending that also on the depends market. on where, where you are. <laughs> if you're in New York City, it's probably like $500. I don't even know if they have garages in New York because nobody has cars. Know. That's true. That's true. Dallas people, (laughs) Texas. I'm talking from my perspective here. If you have an apartment complex that has garages that you can rent, rent out one of those garages. Like that's an option. Or get a two bedroom apartment and get one of those second bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And if you're really scrappy, because I was scrappy, let me tell you, I could tell you, I could talk for days on how crazy things were. But if you have a studio apartment, even section off a portion of your studio, hey, shelves, hashtag shelves. So yeah, and or even you could find a local business who is in the event industry and ask if you could sublease if you could sublease some space and utilize there. We've had people come in and out of our Mm -hmm. studio before that have subleased space because. We believe in community and um, sharing what we have. And so um, you could ask that and see if you could rent out, you know, some shelves. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I love it. Think outside the box. That's right. Okay. How do you put something on your website as inventory if you don't have it yet? So maybe good for you to explain why this question came up and then answer the question. Yes. Okay. So we, I'm going to tell the story of black chairs because that's really where this question came in. Um, we had last year in 2019, we had looked at buying these chairs they are beautiful, stunning, modern black chairs, dining chairs, and nobody had them that we know of. Like we were buying these, I think they were going to be you know, 62 or $65 a piece. Or they something. were like 69 to $70. A piece. Okay. Closer to $70 a piece, which we wouldn't mind buying if we knew that they were going to rent out. And so we used the strategies to how do you price items? And we looked at how do we do this? So we asked our vendor referrals. We did a three to five rule. And then one of my strategies is put it on your website before you buy a huge investment. And so these chairs, it was going to cost us about $12,000 to invest in these chairs. That's a lot of money. That's more than I started my business with. 
And so we said, okay, we're going to put it, put it on our website and see what happens. So we took the stock image from the website that we were going to buy it from. We put it on our website. We priced it out. And a few days went by. Nobody wanted them. So we asked people, hey, we have these new chairs. Do you want to add them to your next event? We tried to market the heck out of these because we love them and we really wanted to buy these, but we wanted to make sure that people also wanted them. 45 days go by, no inquiries at all, except for one that wanted it for a conference, but they wanted us to sponsor it. And so we put it on our website and I'm glad we did because we just saved $12,000. So put it on your website, take the stock image. It's only temporary until you actually buy the piece. So that's how you do that. Yeah. And you just want to make sure that in whatever software that you have or system that you have, that you indicate clearly that those are not in stock. And so if it is a quick turnaround and Mm -hmm. you want to check in about like shipping and how long it would take to actually get those once you start getting leads, because we have had that happen in the past where we put something on as a test and we got a bunch of inquiries about it and it wasn't going to line up Mm -hmm. with some of the events. And so you just want to make sure that If it's just you, you remember that that is a test product or if you have Mm -hmm. a team that they know, hey, that's not actually in the warehouse just yet. Let's keep a close eye on it. Right. Right. Okay. This involves inventory. Do you recommend using – let me ask that. Okay. This question also involves inventory. Do you recommend renting inventory in packages or just individually? Okay. Um, I talk about this also in the course. Um, we talk about tiered pricing. So tiered pricing and package pricing kind of go hand in hand a little bit. So tiered pricing is when you have kind of like a lounge, let's say, and you have like a bare bones of the lounge. Then you have a lounge with like an extra couple additives like pillows. And then you have a third tier and you have like all the works. you got the pillows and the throws and the coffee table, the side table, like everything. It's like amazing. Looks like it's out of West Dome or something. Okay, and then you have packages. So this is, for example, you have like brass candlestick holders. This one's a really popular rental item in the events rental world. And so instead of having 100 brass candlesticks and people saying, hey, I just want 10 or hey, I want all 100 or I want 86 of them. I know that's a random number, but I'm sure it's happening. I think it has. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. It came out of the spring somehow. Um, So instead of just saying whatever number you want, just rent it, I would recommend saying split those into smaller quantities, like 25. So rent them in 25 uh, quantity sets. So 25 for $25. And then if they want, say they say, oh, I want only 35. You say, well, you can buy two 25 sets and you're going to have 50. So you have some extras left over. So it's just a good way, one, to control how many are going out and two, not have like two candlesticks going to one person and 86 sticks going to another person and 11 going to another person, then having to track down how many everybody got. Then it's just, hey, I know that two sets of 25 are going out this weekend to one person. It's just easier to track a little bit. Saves you a headache. Saves you a headache. It's also extra profit. Yes. So instead of renting them for a dollar a piece or $5 a piece or whatever you rent them for, Now you're renting them in packages and hopefully maybe making a little bit more money. Okay. Let's say I have old inventory, Mm. which we probably all have. Everyone has that secret 
little yeah it's hiding in their space wherever they keep it and they're like uh okay here's a secret kaylee's really good at finding them (laughs) i am (laughs) if you need help i'll come to you wherever you are she'll ask me for something that i'm about to tell you about (laughs) and see if the dollar utilization report yep yeah that's right um so do you sell them or do you keep them what do you do with them Hmm. if you were to ask me this two years ago I would have said, keep it. <laughs> See if you can rent it some more. And sometimes that's still true. Sometimes they just need a new name or sometimes they need uh, a little bit of help getting to a better quality. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a quality that's making it not rent. But a lot of times it's because it just isn't popular anymore or it just doesn't rent anymore. And as creatives, and I'm speaking to you because I am a creative and this is how my brain works. So I'm sure it's how maybe somehow your brain works. You buy something because you like it and you envision it in many different ways. And so you buy it and you like it and you talk about it all the time and you try to um, influence people to buy it or rent it. And then when it comes to where it's not renting anymore, you're like, oh, but, but hold on. Like we could rent that somehow. Or what if we added it to a package? Or what if we like, let's keep it. I like it too much. I'm only saying this because it's happened. <laughs> so you get into this mindset of it. It's going to be awesome. I promise. Let's keep it a little bit longer. And it still doesn't rent. And you say, wait, but it's still just a little bit more time. Hmm. Sometimes you just need to pull the plug. Yeah. And I'm talking to myself here too. Sometimes you just need to pull the plug. Just need and to just say, sell it. sorry. Yep. So do an Instagram sale. Facebook market. Facebook marketplace. You know, garage sale, warehouse sale. Whenever people want to engage with each other again, you could do a warehouse sale. It's kind of like a garage sale, but in your warehouse or your storage unit or your garage. Or maybe you take it home. If you love it it that much, you've done that with some of our pieces. I've got so many pieces in my house. Oh, yeah. I have this one rug that I love, which I'm still trying to figure out a place to put it in my new house. But it's called the Candace rug. I got married on it. I took, I think I took Briley's newborn photos on it. Like it's, I love this rug. It's my favorite rug. And instead of selling it, I said, I want to keep it. I'm going to keep this rug. Kaylee has a rug that at some point it's going to go home with her. I actually have quite a bit of pieces from our inventory. Yeah. I think the last time you came over, you're like, that looks familiar. That looks familiar. (laughs) That looks familiar. I'm like, yeah. Every time we just like go through the warehouse, I'm like, I think I'm going to take that home with me. You should. You should. Definitely bought it. Keep it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you disclose your rental prices on your website? Mm. This is the question of the day. This is the question of the decade. Yeah. Really. It really is. (laughs) It really is. And there's varying opinions on it. You might ask me this question. I'll give you one opinion. But you might ask Joe Schmo down the street. (laughs) What rental company does he own? <laughs> Joe, Joe Smo's Rental Co. <laughs> okay, so here's my thought process on it. In the early days, when I didn't have my uh, prices on my website, we would get, I don't know, 10 inquiries a day? Oh, a lot. More than that. 15, 20? Yeah. We get a, a lot. Ton. Tons. Like, We were so stressed out. We had, I don't know, five people in our office team. Now we have two and we can manage it. But we had so many people taking these inquiries because we were getting like 20 a day. Even on the weekends, we'd come into the office on Mondays and we have like 50 or 60 inquiries. I mean, it was was crazy. Crazy. 
but we didn't have our prices on our website. And so people would come and they'd secret shop or they'd just submit a quote because they just wanted to see stuff. So vague, no information. Yeah. They were like, I just want to see what your HEPA costs. And we're like, here, let's tell you what it is. And then we'd get ghosted. Yeah. And we'd have, gosh, our turnover rate of inquiries versus bookings was so low. It was really low. And we were spending a lot of time trying to connect with these clients Mm -hmm. because we like to personally connect with each person. And it was exhausting. It was. It was, there was so much wasted time. Wasted. (laughs) Like total waste of time. Not to say that inquiries are a waste of time, but whenever someone... But if they know that they can't afford it right, and they inquire, then it is a waste of time. So my philosophy nowadays, and since really 2018, we've decided to put our prices on our website because then it's just one going to weed out the people who just can't afford it, which that's fine. If you can't afford the rentals, that's fine. Go, you can probably figure out either another rental company to purchase for, or rent from, or you can DIY something. There's alternatives to still get the look that you want. And if they're really interested in the piece, mm-hmm. they'll reach out to you and you can have a conversation with them right. about it. But right. most of the people who are reaching out to us, like, were not even... Like, they had a $50 budget. Yeah, they were not even interested yeah. in our pieces. They just wanted yeah, like something. you can have two pillows for your budget. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we put our prices on our website and our inquiries went down naturally. However, our booking rate went up. And our prices, our average booking order went up because people, one, we were being transparent. We were showing people what they're getting. Granted, there is still questions of, well, what about delivery? Like, are you still going to charge delivery? Which there's many different ways. I teach that in the course that we reduce the amount of ghosting clients we have and we've upped our booking rate tremendously yeah tremendously yeah yeah I have to kind of think about it about like what would you want we Mm -hmm. will sublease rentals from other companies pretty often working Mm -hmm. with corporate events yeah and it takes me so long to figure out if I can even pitch a piece of inventory from a company to our client because I can't tell what the pricing Mm -hmm. are and so I have to go through this whole process of figuring out does this work or does this not work yeah and then that slows us down on getting back to our client and so just think about it from your perspective. Would you want to know up front what it's going to cost you or would you rather be surprised at the end? Right. So it all depends on you and your market, but it's really helpful to think about it from your perspective. Like what would you want as a client yeah. and what would the experience be for you? Well, and you might have a certain price in your head, like what you assume that might like be costing. So you might say, oh, I think that sofa is going to cost me a hundred bucks. Like that seems like a reasonable rental price. But then it comes back at two fifty, and now they're mad at you because it's right. more than what they thought it was. Expected, mm-hmm. but you didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't have your prices on there, which isn't a wrong thing. But now they're irritated for no reason, really. Exactly. Okay, this is relevant to the time. Are you including a COVID waiver now in your contract? Yes, yes, and more yes. You have to have something in your contract because. And I was talking earlier with a venue owner today about this. Um, we were all prepped in our contracts for the one-offs. The ones that, you know, ended up not getting married because they couldn't make it work. Or the ones that a sudden death in the family and they had to cancel the wedding. That's what all of us event vendors were prepared for. It's just the once in a while. It's like maybe once every other year mm-hmm. or so. 
but we weren't prepped for mass cancellation and mass postponements. So I think it's incredibly important that you put this in your contract. We've worked with our attorney to make sure that we have the wording that stands up and holds up in our county. Um, and so you need to make sure that you check with your attorney. In the Rental Biz Academy, you actually get our contract, every single thing that's in our contract. And I will tell you, my contract when I started was like maybe half a page long. But as we've been in business for almost 10 years, we've learned and we've grown. And every single year, sometimes twice a year, we add a clause to our contract because we've now come upon something different than we've experienced before. And so now our contract is probably two or three pages long. And so I would, one, highly recommend that you get with an attorney. Don't just make it up. Don't just go Google terms and clauses to put in your contract because you'll get in trouble with that if you do actually go to court. Um, and two, Rental Biz Academy has a contract for you. You just need to double check it with your attorney in your state or city or okay. country. Do you keep your client's credit card on file in case of damages? All right. So this question might come up often. And I will say that we don't keep it on file. However, our software company, which is Good Shuffle Pro, they have a secured system of holding the client's credit cards and they get to opt in if they want to auto pay for their next payment. And so we don't necessarily hold them on file because we don't want the liability of just having credit cards on file. We used to, we've tried this in multiple different ways. So we used to um, have them do a CC authorization form, fill that out, send it over to us, and then we'd file that away in their order but we didn't want the risk of liability of that being stolen somehow or um, or something happening to it. Worst case scenario, there's a lot that can happen. And so we don't hold those on file anymore. That's not to say that if you do that, that's a wrong thing. But for us, we don't do that. We use Good Shuffle Pro. I'll put a link in the show notes for Good Shuffle Pro. They're actually giving all of our listeners a 30-day free trial versus their 14-day free trial. So I'll put that link in there. While we're talking about damages, how do you tackle the conversation about inventory coming back damaged with your clients? Mm -hmm. I like this question as well because it goes back to your customer service. And in our core values, we have something that says that we deeply care for our clients. And this really comes true when we're talking about damages because it can sometimes be a touchy subject. And um, so one thing that we do ahead of time is that we charge a 10% fee. It's our damage waiver fee. This is very common practice in the rental industry. And so if you're not charging this, add it to your contract. Um, it's a 10% fee and it covers all nicks and dings that happen. Um, however, I do have to say it's not an insurance fee. So anything outside of that charge that would maybe cost more. Then we go back with a very gracious, very understanding conversation with an email follow-up. So we always try to call them. If we can't get a hold of them over the phone, we'll email them. But it's a very uh, cautious conversation, understanding conversation, and not assuming that they maliciously tried to do something to our inventory. We never wanna assume anything and so it's just a very gracious, very gracious conversation. Sometimes those conversations can get a little heated, especially if they don't believe they did anything wrong. Um, so that's what I would say. Start charging that damage waiver. 
um, and then figure out for you and your company what you want to do with that. Okay. What about the people who don't have a rental business, but they've been thinking about it? Should they start? And when should they start? Hmm. I think you should start not only because I own a rental business, but I think it's a great opportunity, one, to have a high profit margin. I taught this in the free class that I hosted last week. Um, there is a 40 to 60% profit margin. And a lot of um, hype comes around, well, it costs a lot of money to keep your business in business. And while that's true, you still have a high profit margin if you balance your expenses right. So um, I think if you purchase Rental Biz Academy, that you will have a thriving rental company because you'll have the knowledge and the skill sets um, to be that profitable way sooner than we were profitable. We did the hard work for you. And so you just have to purchase a course. Okay, final question. Did you go to college for this? If so, what was your major and how did you learn all this information? Um, no, I didn't go to college. I took a couple of college courses, but I did not get a degree. I do not learn in that environment. And so no college degree over here. However, I have invested 10 years of educating myself and failing a lot, making mistakes a lot, but ultimately in the end, making the next best decision and having business mentors to mentor me over the years. And all in all, I've invested about $100,000 in education for what I do. In this world of education, there is no college degree for how to run a rental business. Certainly, there's degrees for entrepreneurship and business management and communication. And I think all of those are really great. If I were to go back and go to college, that's probably somewhat what I would study. However, I don't have a college background. I don't have a college degree. However, I've been able to make mistakes along the way to get to a point in business where we're highly profitable and I can afford to have a team and pour into my team's lives and their families and create an income for not only myself, but for other people. And so I believe that if you invest in the right pieces of education for yourself, you can make the next best decision just like I did. I have years of failing. And I've done all of that to ultimately create this course, the Rental Biz Academy. And it's been not only the last year of filming and making worksheets and refining our templates to be um, those that might serve another rental company outside of ours, but it's also been 10 years of business that have gone into this course. It's not just the past year. And so I believe that you don't have to have a college degree to do this. I think it's great for those who want to have a college degree. I do not bash that at all. However, I want you to be comfortable knowing that if you don't have a college degree, it does not make you less smart. It does not make you um, unwise. It empowers you to go out and search for the right education that serves you best. Sitting in a classroom for me did not serve me best. That's not how I learn. I learn on the job. I learned through podcasts and I learned through conferences. I learned from e-courses. And so that's why I put together an education piece that's the same way that I learn because I know that you, someone on this podcast is listening who learns that way. 
However, I don't believe you have to have a college degree to be an entrepreneur at all. Not only just rentals, but being an entrepreneur does not require a degree. It just takes common sense and the ability and the drive to just make the next best decision. Yeah. And if you take the course, we can make you a diploma. We can send <laughs> we you an yes. RBA diploma yes. certificate degree. Certificate of completion. Yeah. Of rental biz. Academy. It'll have a gold star on it. And you can frame it. You put could. It on your wall. Yes. <sighs> Can I have one? You can have one. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. You can have one. I can have one. We can have one. Jade can have one. Everyone. Everyone. Who takes the course. You get a diploma for RBA. <laughs> you get a diploma for RBA. Yes. Get in on that offer, people. Don't miss this. Yeah. We did ask for people's mailing addresses when they purchased the course. We so did. So that's we'll what they're going to get. We'll wrap it, like roll it up. Yes. And do a little tie around yes. it. Yes. We'll go to Staples yes. and get some really awesome, authentic paper. Yeah. I can't wait. I love it. It's so happening. So you should go get Rental Biz Academy so you can have do it a Rental Biz Academy degree. Yes. <laughs> oh, makes my heart happy. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for listening in to this podcast episode. If we didn't answer a question that you still might have, go ahead and send us a DM. We're going to be going live today. If you're listening to this on the day it goes live, you're going to be able to go live with us. We go live every Friday at 12 p.m. on our Instagram account at The Render Podcast. And we'd be happy to keep having this conversation with you. So thanks for listening in and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.